0: What's up everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Uche and I'm an incoming podiatry student at the Scholl College of Podiatric Medicine and on this episode I was able to interview Dr. Cindy. She trained at the New York College of Podiatric Medicine and is now an attending podiatric physician in the Detroit metro area. So um, this is a physician that I shadowed before applying to podiatry school and I really hope that the information that she shares is very insightful to you listeners hi good morning can you hear me
1: yes hi Uche how are you I'm doing good how are you I'm good um, I still have a bedhead because on Thursdays I don't have to go in till uh, <laughs> 12 so we just, my fiance and I just rolled out of bed and went and got some breakfast. So I'm going to leave my video off.
0: Okay. That's no problem. No problem at all. Okay. I think this Yeah. This interview only take maybe about 25 to 30 minutes. So it shouldn't be um, too long, but what yeah. What inspired
1: so, you to do this? Huh? What inspired you to do this?
0: I think for me, it was just really not seeing a lot of like content about like a podiatric medicine, like, you know. Online or like within like um, social media or you know in a Mm -hmm. podcasting or um, format. So I just wanted to like provide you know other pre med or people that are um, looking to podiatry you know Mm -hmm. with insight and with um you know interviews about the profession so that they can um you know understand that it's also like a viable option because I know a lot of people know about like the MD and like the DO yeah or, yeah or even like the other um you know fields in healthcare and podiatry doesn't have you know that light sometimes so yeah it's just really my attempt to um I love it light, yeah
1: I love that you're doing this. Yeah. I think you should continue doing it like when you start school just like interview all the different professors and absolutely like even maybe even the dean of the school or you know like do interviews everywhere you go I love the idea of this
0: absolutely absolutely are you
1: excited so like, I am what's your yeah next I'm really step? excited okay, yeah you're,
0: you're actually my first uh guest on the podcast yeah
1: <laughs> okay I'm happy to do it and so okay what you're going to Rosalind, well, is it the Chicago? No, Chicago, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, the Chicago school. So um, yeah, Rosalind Franklin University. And um, within that is the Dr. William M. Scholl College of Podiatric Medicine.
1: Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And um, when does your first day, when's your first day?
0: I'm actually moving down to Chicago in two weeks. Um, so in like August 1st, I'll be down there. And then we start orientation on the 11th and then classes start on the 17th. Oh my God. That yeah. is amazing.
1: Okay. When you're done, when you start doing um, rotations in like your third year and fourth year. Yes. You've got to come back to Michigan and I do will. At least oh my one gosh, rotation I will. down here.
0: Absolutely. Like I loved like being in the clinic and, um, you know, shadowing you for the period that I did. So absolutely oh, I will. There's so
1: much more that you're going to be amazed by. Okay.
0: So you want to get started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get started. All right. So okay. um, so yeah, the first part is really about like understanding like your role um as a podiatrist. So the first question is um, what does a day in your life as a podiatrist consist of? So I know some of the days might be broken down into more clinical heavy days and more surgical heavy days. So kind of what do those um days look like as a podiatrist?
1: Sure. Okay, so as a podiatrist You're treating all conditions of the foot and ankle. Mm -hmm. So a day in my life, well, let's just talk Monday to Friday. Um, I'm usually in my clinic um, and I work there, you know, your typical nine to five hours. Mm -hmm. And we see patients come in with um, everything from diabetic foot care Mm -hmm. issues to um, biomechanical issues, surgical problems. And things like infections and ingrown toenails. And so my day consists of, you know, I'd say every 15 to 20 minutes, seeing a patient and mm-hmm. helping them with whatever issue brought them in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we see a wide variety of um, complaints and and things that people come in with um, to our office. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's quite a diverse... Um, range of pathologies mm-hmm. so every single patient and every day is a different type of day mm-hmm. you can have a day where you're just cutting toenails mm-hmm. all day long and for a high-risk diabetic patient mm-hmm. you could have a day where you're doing wound care and wound vacs and um, compression dressings all day long to help people with their wounds mm-hmm. so that's what my clinical days look like and then you mentioned surgical days,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which consist of me going to an outpatient surgery center or hospital. And mm-hmm. I usually do that um, one day a week mm-hmm. and we'll go to what happens is you show up at the hospital, the patient is there and you do their surgery. Now we do everything from forefoot surgery to rear foot to ankle and trauma. Mm -hmm. And some people even like to go to the hospital to get some ingrown toenails removed because they can't really tolerate an injection in the office. So we've seen like minor conditions like that treated at the hospital as well
0: absolutely yeah and that's um something that i kind of liked about the field of podiatry was that um, you know there's a surgical aspect and there's like a lot of variety like you know even within the clinical side of podiatric medicine
1: you're right and that's what i think people will enjoy about this profession um your your days are constantly different it's not your same mundane thing every day and the best part of this is when you get to help someone for example heal a wound and you know, you've really spent three or four weeks or even three to four months treating something that they've had and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's healed and it's better and it's gone and they can move on with their daily lives. It's such a gratifying feeling. So you'll really enjoy that about this profession.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to like, just get started. I know I'm just going to start with the book work in the first two years, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to like, you know, years three and four and you know, the, um, the residency years where I'm actually getting to, you know, use my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So the second question is, um, what is the toughest or least favorite part about your job?
1: Oh, okay, there's a couple. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, the toughest part is um, when you feel like you've done everything and just nothing is working. For example, um, let's say you have a diabetic with severe peripheral vascular disease mm-hmm. and you start to see a gangrene- gangrenous toe. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden another toe starts to become gangrenous and you've done everything you can. You've sent them to the vascular surgeon. Mm
2: -hmm. They've
1: been revascularized and all of a sudden you're like, okay, uh, you may need to have an amputation. Uh Um, So there's days like that, that aren't so, I don't know, I guess successful in those terms when other comorbidities get in the way of a patient healing Um, But again, what is the least favorite part of my job? Um, This is a big one, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree, is the charting. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) there's days where you can spend hours making sure your charts are pretty pristine and nice and include everything that you've done and seen and clinically observed on this patient. In addition mm-hmm. to keeping things up to date, like a medication list and a medical history, which is constantly evolving and changing, so uh, charting can be up there as toughest and least favorite part of the job, and I'm sure many podiatrists will agree.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the next um, part of the interview is about like understanding like your path um, to pediatric medical school. So, sure, um, so yeah, how did you get to where like you are today, so kind of like outline your journey and your interest in podiatry from like high school to medical school and residency, and where you are now as an attending
1: sure that's a that's a great question too, so, um, when I was in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure many high school students feel that way Absolutely. unless their parents have you know maybe have been in the medical field or work with people in the medical field or someone in the family is a doctor, for example. But um, when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and my parents are immigrants, so, Mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of a very independent learning process on Mm -hmm. my part. So um, high school, I just studied uh, lots of, took lots of science classes And I decided, okay, I definitely want to get into the medical field, but I don't know exactly which direction to go. Mm -hmm. So then I applied to college and I took um, a biological sciences route. Mm -hmm. And so I graduated with a degree in biological sciences. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, nearing the end of that coursework, I said, okay, I've got to decide which path to go now. And, you know, I, at that point, that's when I really started shadowing different um, occupations. So I went in and I worked with a dentist and I went in and I worked with a pharmacist mm-hmm. and I ended up meeting a podiatrist and it was after working with a podiatrist that I said, wow, I didn't even know how amazing and diverse and how awesome this field is. Yeah. So it was that, and that's what I feel like a lot of podiatry students will tell you. Um, it's not a very well-known profession mm-hmm. in terms of like, as well, like people know what dentists do and people know what chiropractors do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know what podiatrists do, but mm-hmm. it's a slightly different path when it comes to schooling. So I shadow the podiatrist and I ended up working for him for a bit. And I thought, wow, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just going to apply to the podiatry school. I'm going to say no to pharmacy. I'm mm-hmm. going to say no to dentistry. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting in. So that's the path that I took. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, your experience may have been the same. Yeah. Um, and I actually grew up in Canada. So that kind of it's a different thing you know I know you're going to get into that next so yeah (laughs) I'll let you lead the way
0: yeah so um yeah I did yeah so is there like a different scope of practice for Canadian podiatrists and podiatrists in the U.S. or is there like um a different scope of practice within the different providences in Canada for podiatrists there
1: yeah so Canada is tricky because um, provinces are like states, so every province has a different scope of practice that they allow, mm-hmm. and and things have evolved and changed. Um, so there's there's provinces where podiatrists practice a lot of biomechanics
2: mm-hmm.
1: in terms of um, orthotics and biomechanical types of pathologies and. Um, There's podiatrists that practice just general types of care in certain provinces where they're doing a lot of foot and nail care and wound Mm. care. Mm -hmm. And then there's certain, there was a change in the law that allowed um, prior to the early nineties, American trained podiatrists were allowed to have surgical privileges Mm -hmm. to do minor office procedures. And that's kind of, there's been a there's been a stop to put on that. So oh. um I ended up staying in the uh, in Michigan and mm-hmm. in America because of um uh, my training. I was very well trained in surgical procedures and I wanted to continue doing Definitely. those things. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's limitations in Canada. I would mm-hmm. say that there's limitations in comparison to the US. Mhm. Um but every Canadian podiatrist I know is very successful Mm -hmm. and happy with their form of practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As long as, you know, you're happy um, doing like what you're doing and, you know, making that impact on patients' lives, I think it's, you know, very beneficial for them. Yes. All right. So um, if you um, were to go back to your pre-podiatry days, or you like your residency um, days, um, what is one thing that you would have done differently?
1: Um, Oh, that's a tough question. (laughs) I think I would have um, in my first two years really tried to saturate as much information as possible. So when you're getting into podiatry school, your first two years are typically coursework. Yeah. And I feel like there's just so much going on that um, it's hard to saturate like the most important things that will relate to you and your profession in the future. So Mm -hmm. I even go back and reference some of my class notes and, and journals and Textbooks still because I'm still learning and evolving and um daily experiencing new patients and new pathologies and so I would say absorbing certain things that you know are going to be related to your profession when you're done um but now actually I wouldn't change too much I, I really I'm really happy with the way everything's kind of worked out
0: yeah, that's great that's great Um, And another question, so I I know that, you know, podiatry school, it's a lot of um, investment, you know, in time and schooling. And um, so how much um, money should um, somebody expect to, how much money should somebody expect to make at each stage um, at their career as a podiatrist? Like, I know it's important to understand, like, the upfront, like, investment and everything, but how much um, should one be able to, like, return on their investment? Okay, that's a great
1: question. And okay, so I was preparing my answer for this and thinking about how can I do this and answer this in the most informational way for everyone Mm -hmm. who's listening. Um, So okay, let's just talk about podiatry school it's about $30,000 a year. Is that correct? Is it still running around $30,000 a year?
0: (laughs) Mine is, yeah, mine is a little bit higher, but I mean, I think it can be like in that range.
1: Okay. So let's just say it's between 30 and 45, maybe 50,000 a year when you calculate living expenses, textbook. And so I guess you can expect to pay $50,000 a year
2: Mm
1: -hmm. in... It per year, per podiatry school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you graduate, you actually go to residency first mm-hmm. and your residents make typically between forty five dollars and $65,000 a year depending on the state that they practice in. Mm-hmm. So you'll do that for three years. So you're pretty much living paycheck to paycheck yeah. <laughs> for three years while you're a resident, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, when you graduate things get better in terms of your income. So Mm -hmm. I would say when you graduate, you're probably going to start making a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars a year, minimum, Mm -hmm. minimum. And it all depends on where you go. So Mm -hmm. if you stay in a metropolitan area where there's a podiatrist every five or six miles, you're not going to do, you're not going to do as well as someone moving out to Kentucky where Mm -hmm. it's a rural area and you're super high in demand and Mm -hmm. you would be the only podiatrist in maybe a 50 to 75 mile radius. Mm -hmm. And at that point you could probably start at around 175 to 200,000. Mm -hmm. So that's your starting point. Okay. And then as you grow and become more clinically experienced and see more patients and build a practice Mm -hmm. and um, you pretty much build your patient practice, you can do much better. um, Especially if you decide to go into private practice Mm -hmm. um, and, or work for a hospital system Um, Mm -hmm. There's lots of people who also work in multi-group specialty practices, Mm -hmm. so that means that you would be the podiatrist in a big group where there's an internal medicine specialist, a pediatrician, for example, maybe a cardiologist, Mm -hmm. and that would be a group setting, which would be probably a very, very good income to start. So I don't think anyone growing into podiatry school will regret what they do. in terms of um their income when they're done you're going to be very well off you're going to be able to pay your bills you're Mm going to be able to pay off your student loan Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to buy a house Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so i think you will be just fine
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um there's also people who go and work for example the va i have a friend who works for the va and um It's such a great job. There's like loan forgiveness programs through the VA. So it's a really good profession. And I don't think anyone shall regret making that choice in terms of their income when they're done.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important um, for the listeners to know also that, you know, it's not all about, you know, the finances or the money associated with the profession and that's be with like any profession, because um, there is like this, you know, large investment in time and, you know, um, schooling Mm -hmm. money that's you have to put up front before, you know, you can reap the benefits of, you know, that, you know, nice attending salary. So I think it's important for them to know that as well.
1: Absolutely. And, This is the type of job where you'll love your job every day. Mm -hmm. You know, you will go in and say, I love my job. I don't mind going to work. I really love what I do, and I'm going to go in every day, and every day is a great new day. Mm -hmm. And the paycheck's just a bonus at the end of the week, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I hope everyone feels like that, you know? And then if you don't, then that's where, you know, when you're in podiatry school, you may choose a different route. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in my class who decided to change out of this and do something else. And that's great too. Mm You know, so um, I think uh, everyone will make a wise investment by choosing podiatry.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, So another question. So I know you touched on this a little bit. So based on what you know about me and incoming um, podiatry student, what advice do you have for me or anyone um, in my position, you know, planning on going to podiatry school or, you know, starting um, this fall?
1: Um, okay, so the best advice I have for you is to ask lots of questions. Mm-hmm. One thing I admired about you, Uche, was that you came many times to our office and asked so many great questions, and you wanted to give yourself the knowledge
2: mm-hmm.
1: prior to choosing what you wanted to do. So before going into this profession, ask every single question. This. This informational interview, I think, will be helpful to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you're in school, don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll notice that you'll be in a small class and you may say, oh, I don't really know what that means. But don't don't be afraid to ask questions and seek help and um, voice if you're having any difficulties, because everyone at every school I know has only been more successful by Asking questions and asking for help, and you know, never giving up on yourself and your dream once you're there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So much. Um,
1: yeah, I think ever is just a, such an exciting time for when you start podiatry school.
0: Yeah, all right, so this is the last or the second to last kind of section. Um, so okay, about things that are kind of relevant today. So I've been seeing like um, some articles and, you know, some stuff on the news about um, COVID toes and, you know, what the um, COVID-19 virus is doing um, to um, patients and um, they're presenting with um, COVID toes. So do you know anything about that or can you share anything about it? I know it's kind of news. So, and they're still like, Yeah. yeah, what it is.
1: Um, I personally haven't seen any COVID toes, but I have some classmates who've posted pictures on our blogs and our forums and our Facebook groups um, that have seen them. And what they present as, they present as a vasculitis. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of be like if someone came in and said, my toes are turning color, they go really bright red and really dark blue and they're they look like they're cold all the time and they do feel cold all the time. So a COVID toe presents like a vasculitis, which is a spasming of a blood vessel to the toe. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have seen a lot throughout the pandemic, particularly in the months of March and April and early May, when we were hit the hardest with the pandemic, is a lot of peripheral vascular issues Mm -hmm. um, for patients presenting with COVID. Um, in terms of gangrenous changes, Mm -hmm. which, you know, could be the beginning of what a COVID toe presents as. Um, so we've done and seen a lot of amputations during that time and, you know, everyone's talking about right now with the coronavirus and, and it becoming worse in people who have other, uh, medical histories such as high, high blood pressure and diabetes and morbid obesity. So those are your patients that are presenting with these terrible pathologies.
0: Yeah, so kind of like um, comorbidities?
1: Yes, yeah, your diabetics, your peripheral vascular patients, um, heart disease, chronic kidney disease, end-stage renal. So you'll see those types of patients um, probably hit the hardest in terms of having COVID toes or COVID toe symptoms, which lead to the sad amputation story.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. So um, within the whole pandemic, I know a lot of physicians have had to transfer to um, doing a lot of telemedicine. So have you like incorporated a lot of telemedicine into your practice and how has it been like um, beneficial or non-beneficial if you have?
1: Yeah, we, we really incorporated um, telemedicine through the months of March, April, and May.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it was very helpful because patients love to talk to their doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you can't see someone, whether it's a phone call or a video chat, we've incorporated that into our practice and it's been very successful. Um, But a lot of our patients require hands-on treatment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, if someone comes in with an ingrown toenail, Mm -hmm. you can't really treat that through Mm -hmm. a telemedicine phone call. (laughs) So we were fortunate enough to have emergency only days in the office. But um, telemedicine has been a wonderful tool in our toolkit to help people. Um, and be able to prescribe something for them over the phone or video chat and keeping everyone safe at the same time.
0: Absolutely. So do you think that, you know, hopefully when we get out of this pandemic that, um, you know, uh, physicians are still going to be incorporating telemedicine for those? Oh, yes. I think it's a great tool, Mm -hmm. Um,
1: you know, and it'll work. It'll work for certain patients and it won't work for certain patients. But if you can, save someone a trip, especially someone who's really sick or has a difficult time um, getting to the office. It's mm-hmm. an excellent tool. So, you know, I hope to keep it in practice in our private practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're down to the last section. So this is just going to be okay. the yeah the favorite thing section. So um, first, what's your favorite thing about podiatry school?
1: Oh, my favorite thing was the camaraderie that comes out of podiatry school um with your classmates.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: um And you
0: went to uh, NYCPM, right?
1: Yes, I went to New York College of Podiatric Medicine in mm-hmm. in East Harlem. And I just loved New York. So um there's a couple things. Favorite things about podiatry school, I loved the city atmosphere of our school. Um and I loved the clinical diversity that was available to us up at NYCPM. Um, but on a more personal note, I love the camaraderie between classmates and friendships that were built mm-hmm. at the school during those four years. Mm-hmm. And I really hope you feel that way too. When you're done at your four years, you're going to make some really good bonds with people that are mm-hmm. going to be there for life. Yeah. So, and you'll love that. And, you know, you'll go through stressful times too, mm-hmm. but it all really pays off in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your favorite thing about residency?
1: My favorite thing about residency was the surgical training. It was a daily uh, surgical day, every single day and learning from different attendings and learning their surgical techniques versus other tending surgical techniques. Um, so I love the hands-on aspect of residency where your every day is such a big learning curve. It's not just you know, your first year, it's your first, second, and third years. And the best thing about residency is when you start, you don't know anything. really you know all your textbook stuff
2: yeah but
1: when you're done you are you have evolved into a great all-around clinician that Mm -hmm. has surgical skills so the learning curve between the first day of residency and the last day of residency is the best part
0: yeah absolutely and now that um you're an attending what's your favorite thing about being an attending (laughs)
1: My favorite thing is training the residents. I love helping them. And, you know, like I said, every day, every Wednesday is my surgery day. So I like to spend extra time teaching them how to make an osteotomy the correct way or suture the right way. So Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about being an attending is training the residents.
0: And your favorite surgical procedure?
1: I love four foot work. I love bunionectomies. I love hammer toe procedures. I like the small nitty gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. There's people you'll meet that say, I love to fix a calcaneal fracture. Yeah, more... I'm more, I love to fix a bunion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite thing um, about um, working in clinic.
1: Um, the people. The mm-hmm. patients, the staff, the uh, but the patients—that's my favorite thing.
2: Mm-hmm. You get
1: to know these people. You get to know about their families, and you get to know their mothers, their brothers, their sisters, their children, and it's it's an amazing family atmosphere.
0: Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that's something that I also liked about, you know, podiatry, like having the relationship with the patients, kind of like you're a primary care physician and like a surgeon at the same time. And really, you get to, you know, relate and talk to these patients and, you know, understand them and where they come from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's people who will tell you their deepest, darkest secrets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <And> you're like, <laughs> OK, sure. I'm happy to listen. You know, sometimes sometimes just being a listener is helpful to a patient going through something
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you get to know them and it's it's really ah, oh, it's just so it's it's invaluable like these bonds that you make with people so if you're a people person yep. and yep. you have a goal in life to help people you will be successful in podiatry
0: absolutely and what's your favorite thing to do? That's non-podiatric or non-medical, uh, medically related.
1: Travel, 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 travel. Yeah. But we can't travel right now due to the coronavirus.
0: <laughs> so, is your wishing to go once this once this all goes over?
1: Yes, we are. We have tra- we have plans to go to Paris and Amsterdam, which got delayed and canceled. So we plan on doing those things and um just travel to new places throughout the world yeah
0: and is there anything else that you want the listeners to know well i guess let me ask you the million dollar question so if you had the opportunity to go back and you know do this all again would you choose to go into a medical field would you choose to go into podiatric medicine
1: yes 100 percent. yes
0: and why i would
1: um because when you have a job where you don't feel like it's a job, mm-hmm. I feel like you have reached your ultimate goal where mm-hmm. you just, it doesn't, you know, work should not feel like work. Yeah. Um, and you need to be happy every day. And so I would definitely choose this again. And I would recommend anyone going or considering the podiatry profession to shadow Mm-hmm. a local podiatrist and, and it may be having to shadow a, a couple local podiatrists because yeah. you might need someone you just don't jive with or mm-hmm. your, um, your idea of a practice setting may be different than theirs. Um, so, you know, um, I would definitely recommend this profession to any prospective student, Who's interested in the sciences and helping people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and wanting to have a very specific niche of a career? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, is there anything else that you want um, the listeners to know? I know there might be like pre podiatry or podiatry, or even residents maybe listening to this podcast. Any advice that you would give them?
1: My advice would be to just never give up. Mm-hmm. Keep moving forward, especially everyone going through uh, challenges during, during podiatry school itself. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Um, don't compare yourselves to your classmates. Mm-hmm. If you are not the valedictorian or the top of your class, you will still be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just never give up in your dream.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for, um, or for interviewing. I know you have like so such a busy day, but thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be on this podcast.
1: You are so welcome Uche and I just wish you nothing but the best success moving forward.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: Right. Take care.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I think the information that Dr. Cindy shared, um, on this interview was very insightful for me and for, you know, even the listeners listening to this podcast. I like that she shared about, you know, her day as a podiatrist and the different things that she does in the clinic and, you know, the different surgical procedures that she's able to do um, on her dedicated surgery days. Um, I like that she also gave the advice about asking questions. I think medicine is a field where there's just a lot of information and I believe that the more questions that we ask, you know, the more knowledge that, you know, we'll be able to know and the better that we'll be able to use that knowledge to treat our patients and to give them um, better outcomes. So I don't think anybody should ever be ashamed of, you know, asking a question. I think, uh, I think it was also important that she touched on, you know, um, choosing a different route. You know, I, under, I understand that, you know, podiatric medicine is not something that, you know, everybody can do. Um, you know, a lot of people might be, you know, grossed out about the feet. And, you know, I know there's a lot of gruesome things, you know, about podiatry and about the things that um, podiatrists do. So I think, you know, for the pre-meds listening, um, you know, shadowing is definitely a good option to understand if you can do this profession if you can see yourself doing this in the future Um, and I think you know finally um she gave some advice about you know not giving up and not comparing um yourself to others I know this is something that I can do sometimes with you know academics and with grades and you know trying to you know be the best but I think really the focus should be on you know just trying to learn as much as I can and trying to acquire as much as as much information as I can to um use that information to help patients and to give them um, better outcomes. So Dr. Cindy, again, I want to thank you so much for um, allowing me to interview you for this podcast. Um, And I want to thank you to the listeners for this podcast. Uh, Feel free to follow the um, Instagram page at Destination DPM. It's all um, one word. And with that, take care and I'll see you next time.